welcome, welcome, everybody, for episode 12 of the Monkey Business Show. Kyle, you're back. What's up? I don't know. You were reinforcements today. I did, yeah. Well, I don't know if you wanted me or if you just wanted me because I could get cap here, but either way, I'm back again. And there's no delay either, so you're anyone who's sick of me is going to be really upset. Oh, I'm already Amazing. sick of you. Welcome, so. dude. <laughs> thank you thank you for having me on <laughs> i'm looking forward to honestly i am looking forward to spend time with kyle because i haven't actually spent that much time with him he was too busy at replay it's true I, there was a lot going johan, on johan is our budget guest also here what's up buddy i'm here every week and you don't pay me shit for it <laughs> oh what's up man i've had a i've had a nice and long day i uh excited, yep. excited to talk some i don't know what we're gonna talk about hopefully a little bit of dota Hopefully a little bit yes. of OG Dota because we got almost back to back one day in between. Maybe I'm the most excited guy in this room, but yeah, I'm doing good, man. Okay, so today we have a, a very special episode because uh, we've been discussing how we're going to talk about DPC and North American Dota and what is the most, let's say, less aggressive or politically correct way to talk about it, but I still actually get to learn something. So I have a kind of a format that I would like to propose to you guys. So I, we're going to do like when we're in school and we're doing the debate team, I am going to play Valve. I'm going to play and defend everything that <laughs> Valve thinks and how they see it. And I will be responding as Valve to all the info, input and suggestions that you guys have. And I would like to have this be a constructive way for you, which are the experts, to help me get better with my system. So when you, you say respond that? like Valve, do you also mean you're not going to respond most of the time? <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Don't do it. Uh, Johan, we are actually working on a lot of things. And I'm sorry if we missed some of your emails, but you know, like we always uh, follow up. Opening emails is overrated. Uh, email us. Yes. Okay. Well, so that's my idea. Because I think that there's so many things to discuss and so many things that we have discussed behind closed door. And in different parts of the episode that now that I have three of you guys, I think I agree. Be the preferred way to do it. I'm ready. I almost broke my mic, but I'm ready to talk. Okay. Awesome. So we have had different kind of formats throughout the years. We went from the two majors to the three majors to the 15 majors and 16 million minors. And we finally arrived to this uh, current system that was supposed to create an stable Dota ecosystem where every region is very similar. We support every region financially the same way. And we have a constant outflow of games that the regions move into the internationals that then goes into TI. And we thought that we had this right because, you know, other games have done similar system to this, including Riot with the well-known League of Legends title. But what are the, the things that immediately you guys detected that were not running or supposed to be done the way that maybe people in Dota are used to. Kyle, would you like to start? <clears throat> this is not enough Dota played, man. And I understand there's like this boosting of the tier two scene and what have you, but I still don't really understand. There's a fundamental misunderstanding of how Dota teams prepare and play competitively. You're either on or you're off. Uh, the meta is changing like every couple of days, every week. You know, OG wins a match with Huskar mid, right? Tomorrow, that's going to be understood and known. Teams will have an answer for Huskar. So the game is changing every day. 
And the reason lands are so cool is because there's a story of the of the event and you get to see like teams develop over a short period of time. It's also the way majors are played. It's the way TI is played. It's it's how Dota historically has always been played at the highest level. It's a it's an event. When you do DPC leagues, you make these guys go boot camp because the other Ah, not as organized as I'd like to be. Main point, Dota 2 international game, all right? It's incredibly common to have teams from numerous different regions and parts of the world. And that means that staying in one place for six weeks is really difficult. You know, poor Ice Ice Ice, if he wants to play with an international team, has to get, like, special visas. You know, we had players in America who were forced to be in Mexico because they were waiting for visas. You've got these guys, like, in, in, in having to go to Turkey and Jordan and Romania because it's non-Schengen. And because the major is in Schengen area, you can't stay in a Schengen area for the group. Whatever. So just making life problems for everybody involved. But you have to be there boot camping hardcore Dota for one match per week, which is super stressful and tedious. And there's no playoffs. There's too many things. I'm sorry. We got. I got to stay on message. There's like seven things. Yeah, uh, there was there was three different things there. I think the first one you yeah. said was there was uh, not enough games, but then you also said it was too long. So let's deal with one of those at a time. So I would say, from my perspective as Valve, I can see I how in North American sports we have football. Football has only very few games a, a season, and it makes every game. Excuse me, Carl, let me finish the point <laughs> and we'll get back to you. But football has only limited amount of games. And it means that the games itself become more valuable because every game is amazing. Versus, for example, in baseball, that we have seasons with 100 million games. And at some point, people don't follow those games because you know that you're going to have another game tomorrow and another game tomorrow and another game tomorrow. You say that we don't have enough Dota, but in this system, if you put all regions together, we have more Dota than we ever had before. We have pretty much Dota 24-7 between Division 1 and Division 2, North American, South American, China, CIS, and all that. And you're talking about visas and all that, but in a world where we were also traveling around the world, those problems were there either way. So don't you think that the system that we have right First, now really addresses those visas concerns? for travel are different for visas for residency as someone who has been deported from a country i stayed in it for too long they are different things okay you need a lot more work to get a residency permit than you do to enter on some sort of esta or tourist visa Second, you bring up football. The reason there's a week long, first off, why is football NFL only on Sunday? By the way, it's also on Monday and it's also on Thursday. And then when college football ends, it's also on Saturday because high school is Friday, college is Sunday, and NFL is Sunday, or sorry, Saturday, and NFL is Sunday, Monday, Thursday. Okay. And the reason that there's a week between games is because, like, have any of you guys played NFL football? Have you played football? You need time off. You're, you're, brutalizing other people you're being brutalized for one hour people are sore there's an like if you dive into the history of the nfl like not just concussions but also painkiller abuse is rampant because people are fucking up their bodies they need that time it's why players hate thursday night games you can't compare the way the nfl functions to an esport because the primary reason for the nfl schedule is health which is the same reason I think we should recognize what esports are and for player health, allow them to play 
more games in a shorter window so that they're not forced to sit around for 10 fucking days with nothing to do but pub and scrim waiting for their one important match. You know the other thing football has at the end of its league? A playoff. Okay. So I have a question for Johan, and I'm going to try to add some of these things. Johan, the other day, discussed very lengthy that at the end of the day, we were trying to make the best games possible. And Dota had to be the best game possible. That's why we wanted to put the grand finals by themselves. Don't you think that if you have a whole week to prepare just for a best of three, that gives you the best version of that game possible? Uh, in a in one world, you can argue, of course, if you treat it like a like the most important game of your life. But the problem is, it's it's a group stage game. It's what it is. It's a, it's a prolonged group stage, and there's very little at stake in these individual games except for the potential to then get to the majors to, to get points and then to get to ti you're playing you're playing on the first step ladder so you're so far away from the end and this needs to be extra hyped this needs to this needs to be hyped over um over what it is but when you have it like like Cap was saying, you have too few games over too long. The longer you stretch it, you lose a lot of that hype. You lose a lot of that intensity. You lose a lot of that rivalry. Um, there's also something that is too short, surely. You don't want to be playing Navi three times a week, every week, the same team. But if you have one game every week for six, seven weeks, it, that is stretching it. You're stretching it really far the other way. And it, it takes away from from the play like you can of course teams do it and, and they try really hard to do it every week to take every game as serious as an as a ti game because that's at the end what you what you want to call this but then comes the amount of burnout and what i was also saying it, it creates a very unhealthy uh, atmosphere especially for a game that is dota because here in the west more so than in other parts of the world it's international teams and if you go to sports or if you play NFL or whatever, you are relocating somewhere and you're able to go there and you're able to stay there. It's much more complicated for most teams, most Western teams. Um, and it comes with a level of sacrifice that I would argue is higher than most sports in terms of time and in terms of not having really a life. Um, this is like on the most extreme side of things that I can imagine. Mm -hmm. So you, you, you run into a lot of issues very quickly that then leads into burnout fatigue, demotivation, and then where's your good games going to be at? Where are your top quality games? If anything, this season, it does mostly good for progressing public Dota matches because they get to analyze each game more lengthily. And that is just way more of a strain on Dota teams. This is a strategy game where strategy trumps almost everything. And when your strategy gets dissected every week, your, your ability to develop strategy quickly is just extremely diminished extremely diminished yeah you can always argue yeah you have a week to do more but it doesn't work like that it's such a hard there's so much to think about in this game and there's so many variables that when you try to do it every week week after week after week and it's six weeks and you're not even at a playoff you're not even at a game that feels like it really matters you run into all these issues I, if I could jump in Please, here for yes. uh, to piggyback on mm -hmm. top of that, um, the I would disagree with the the concept that we are trying to get the best games for the DPC because I think that we would be structuring that entirely differently. Um, for example, we would have stakes, but I think the biggest thing um, that if the idea of getting the best games 
we're not trying to get the best games for the DPC. And, and I think particularly you as Valve would, uh, you want the best games for TI, right? And in order to get the best games at TI, you need the best teams for TI. And in order to get those teams, the, the, the way they get there in the first place is a method that is different than how they will perform at TI. The DPC is one week a game, uh, and that means that it is an entirely different skill set than what they do at TI, which is grinding matches back to back to back, right? That's an entirely different skill set. And so we, we are fundamentally getting the wrong teams at TI. And therefore, it's not necessarily surprising when certain teams say, like, uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to, like, uh, go too hard on, like, Alliance. There was other teams. Aster, actually, as an example, um, as, as teams who did well on the online DBC League. But when they went to a LAN where they had to play multiple matches back to back, it's not terribly surprising that they flopped as a result because there were two different skill sets. So if you want the best games at your majors and at your TI, you should be setting up the structure so that the teams that who are going to be performing at that major and TI are also showing the skills leading up to that, which would be performing back-to-back matches within a week. 100%. I think that's one of the best arguments. I just want to chime in because you people bring up football. Football keeps the same structure in the playoffs, right? But Dota, if you say TI, like TI is what we're playing for. TI is a big-ass group stage over four days and then double a limb, go. So we're not preparing teams for what it counts. Like they're not able to practice for what actually matters. And in the DPC league, they're playing only really for the chance to go to TI and $1,000 per place. So if it's all about TI, why don't we allow our players to train for TI? Are we gonna like, what? what th- that's the biggest fundamental, that, that I think is the strongest question about what doesn't make the system make sense. Awesome. So I will say that uh, you guys have spoke about a lot of things, and I'm going to try to dissect some of them. You guys say that there is not enough Dota played, but then you say that players are more burnt out than ever. Can you explain why is that, Johan? I mean, you, both of, all of you guys have been players, but it sounds like paradoxical. So it's like Kyle is saying, you're either on or you're off. When you have one game a week and you have one more official game next week, you are playing five out of those seven days at a minimum. Most likely you're playing seven out of those seven days. You're preparing, you're getting ready. Every time you make a move, every time you make a change in your strategy, every time you show something in a scrim, Dota changes. The public games change, the official games change. Everybody learns from each other all the time. So the there's only two real games happening in a span of two weeks, but there's two weeks of Dota happening. So you're missing the point of practice versus, because again, it's strategy, it's meta, it's, it's figuring out what's broken in the game. And this is a constant race to finding out how to break it. And when you put, yeah, when you put it over six weeks, it is six weeks of Dota. It is not six games. It is six weeks. And it's the same thing at TI. If you were to have, you would be talking about how long or how many days there are between a group stage and playoffs. That would also influence the Dota that you're going to see in the playoffs. The more time you give people, the more it develops, the more the public games are developing. People come up with answers all the time that people pick up on in these games and if you think that you can play one week, train two days, and then play next week, you're going to fall behind no matter who you are. So it's an illusion. It's, it's an illusion. Yeah, that, that, that's so it. Kai, one second, one second. Yeah. Are you trying to tell me then, because I really want to understand this point, that even though there are less games, the work that teams are doing behind closed doors is actually even larger because you have to reinvent yourself and you have to play more and you have to play more. So teams are playing more than ever, 
it's just the fans don't get to experience any of the games that they're playing. I can just tell you right now that almost every team in, in Tier 1 Division for DPC, almost all of them have sacrificed 80% of their day, every day, seven days a week for this game. Mm. Some people more. I'm watching three of the guys here do it. I know that the guys at home are also doing it. It is a never-ending grind, and it's it's a race to the finish, and people are fierce competitors here. And yeah, if everybody was chilling, then we could all chill together. But the problem is, Pogchamp are not chilling. Like you have all these other teams that are not chilling. They're they're grinding. They're they're getting better. They're they're gonna beat you, and they're also gonna figure out like the simple meta-breaking things over time. I mean, simple. Like it becomes simple because of the pubs. They spam it. They they show you farming patterns. They show you this and that. And yeah, you practice two days a week and and you go into that one game a week thing like official you're going to lose these games you're going to drop these games and then what cap is saying is you're not getting the best teams at ti because the best teams are just not able to grind as much as hard or they're not yeah. it puts them at a risk you know it puts worse teams at a at an advantage to take these games every week as well it's yeah. more hype for them as well to beat yeah. you know a <laughs> ti attending team and a ti attending team is like yo what is this shit like just get me to ti i need to play the best daughter in the world as Tal said, when you sleep, your enemy trains. And there is an intense pressure for every eking out any people in Europe, as an example, they're not playing for, for money. It's it's from thirty to twenty-three thousand dollars, right? The it's you're not playing for money, you're playing for DPC points, you're playing for a shot at TI. It's the whole motivation for everything that people are doing. And I would also argue of all games. Dota is the one that gives the largest advantage to the underdog. And maybe you think, like, maybe this is a good thing. You know, this is debatable. But if you were to take the best team in the world against the 50th best team in the world in Counter-Strike, 99 times out of 100, the best team is going to win. Why is that? Because you have significantly more actual maps, right? Counter-Strike is three maps for, you know, best of first to 16. So you're playing a lot of different maps and rounds of Counter-Strike. Dota is a BO3. And Dota is incredibly complex. So you can straight up just lose games on draft. Like OG, probably the best at cheesing, right? Notel has cheesed his way to $7.5 million, right? Alchemists, Naga Sirens. You can't, there's so many heroes that fundamentally change the game of Dota, okay? Coddle, Wisp, uh, Broodmother, Alchemist, any kind of illusion carry, Huskar mid. You can't possibly prepare for all of them, but that's what gives these guys so much stress because you go into this match, the only one of this week, and you have no fucking idea what's going to happen. You're practicing as much as you can. You iterate as much as you can, but at the end of the day, you can't possibly prepare. It, it's like trying to set up, you're, you're thinking you're going to go play chess, but they're taking pieces from every other board game. You have no real idea what to expect. And it it's just in it's why I don't do this, man. It's way too stressful. Like, and you're not even playing for money, right. and you're away from home. So to try and to redact this point before we move to the next one is I think that I understand what you guys are saying. We were trying to create a system. We were getting the best games once a week that will give everybody time to prepare. But by doing so, we have created another effect. That is the problem is that people are under so much pressure because. You have to spend all the time instead of what I thought you guys were going to be doing, that is resting and having a life. You're just using it on Dota because everybody's putting the time. And because if you don't put the time, then you will never get points. And I can see what you guys are saying and you guys have very legit points. But then I would like to put it back to, to Cup. 
you're saying that the best teams are not making it to TI. But I think that every team has the same chances, right? So why do you refer by that? Yeah, I think just like teams have um, different uh, different strengths and weaknesses when it comes to playing inside of the game, um, when it comes to strategy, some teams are better being able to do five-band death ball. Some teams are better at split pushing. Um, people have personalities and, and strength and weaknesses in that regard. Um, teams and players also have strengths and weaknesses when it comes to how often they play Dota. And so if we're trying to set up a system where we get the best games at majors and at the international, um, the format of the majors and the international is a group stage where you play multiple uh, best of twos uh, in a day. So maybe you're playing six to eight games in one day. You go into a playoffs at some point in time. Uh, you could be playing up to six or even if you go to the grand finals, eight games in one day. Um, that is an entirely different skill set than what the DPC trains you for, which is playing one best of three over the course of a week. Um, maybe you play two for one of those weeks. So it's, an, it's a different skill set that we're using to get these, these teams to be able to qualify in the first place. And in fact, that's kind of ironic because it's, in, it's the same skill set for qualifying for the DPC, the open qualifiers. It, it takes that same format of the majors and the TI, which is playing multiple matches in a day for a couple of days, and then boom, they qualify for the DPC. And then the DPC changes that up entirely and says, okay, now you're only playing one best of yep. three a week. And some teams are gonna be better at being able to prepare for that. Um, but that doesn't mean that they're going to be a good land team. It doesn't mean they're gonna be good at being able to play multiple matches. Uh, great examples, we already listed Aster and Alliance. And I think on the opposite side of things, Enigma uh, is a great example of a team that is great at land. And they have not performed well in these uh, these DPC formats where they only play one series a week. And I think you want to be able to have teams that perform well on LAN at TI, and the DPC doesn't prepare you for that. Yep. So Cap, to help me understand it, <clears throat> so the biggest product of the year is TI, mm -hmm. correct? Everybody is clear about it. We are clear about it, you are clear about it. And we want, as Valve, the best TI possible, correct? Yep. But because my format throughout the year doesn't mimic TI at all, by defect, I am not bringing the best performing teams for this product. Yep, exactly right. So I might be bringing the best performing teams of a year, but it's not the best performing teams for this product, and I care about the product. Yeah, unless you want to change uh, TI to be six weeks long, <laughs> one best of three a day. Okay. This is actually very important. Kyle, sorry, sorry, uh, Cap, I actually never thought about this because I am a smart company and I saw what League of Legends was doing. And I said, okay, well, League of Legends has games every week, but it's true. Worlds is not one yeah. week. World is five, six weeks, different countries, and we only play one game in the week. But yeah, it's actually a very good point. The best important thing is TI. We need to get the best performance teams for this specific model. And if you don't replicate this model throughout the year, then you will never get the best ones. Nope. Great point. I'm going to write it down and we can just have this summary later. And Kyle, you were going to bring another good point. Go ahead, please. Uh, I was just going to discuss the, the incentive structure and the prize pool. Mm -hmm. You know, no one's playing for prize money. Um, the prize pool being the same across all regions is kind of silly. And I know it's like, oh, well, everyone gets the same. Isn't that fair? Well, the cost of a subscription on Twitch is different based on your region. The cost of living in different regions is just different because fucking economics. The cost of 
Tinder is different based on your location. Okay. It's, it's, it's aware. Like we understand things cost different amounts in different places, yet the prize pools are equitable across all regions, different regions, such as say Western Europe have larger brands with bigger followings that are effectively sacrificing their ceilings in order to be playing equitably in the same format for the same money as everybody else. But I can tell you like guaranteed, you know, having OG Enigma and secret at a LAN event is huge. That's a big deal. You have an S tier land. You're going to have S tier viewership, but we're preventing these teams from actually capitalizing on the work that they've done year over year over year. Notel won four majors and two TIs. Now he's owning a team and he can't properly monetize that team because he can't send them to lands. We talk about NFL. The DPC lasts just as long as the NFL season, but for a fraction of the money, you're still like teams still have to pay the same salaries, right? But suddenly, you know, you look at 2017, we had 22 land events, 22. Okay. So, so let me just break down what you're saying, because you're once again, bringing a lot of topics together and all of them are very important. Number one, we are saying that the money that the DPC is paying is equal in every region and is equal across that, which I think is a good solution as both. But you're telling me that unfortunately it does not represent reality because different regions have different cost of living within the region. Correct? Yeah. But now as both, I have a problem that the problem is very hard to quantify where do you live? Do you live in LA? Do you live in Wyoming? Do you live in Peru? Do you live in Mexico city? Do you live in Singapore? Do you live in Kuala Lumpur or do you live in the middle of it? And then it becomes very, very hard. So maybe as both, I think that even though this version is unfair, maybe is the only fair version. Yeah, I would let, let's just all have a group reading of Harrison Bergeron. And we'll see where this okay. takes us. Kyle, I don't believe this Kyle, is the way to go. If I was your lawyer, I would tell you that I think that different ways of tackling this, where we appropriate, we tackle this differently. Okay. Cause I think as both, I think it's actually fair that they give everybody the same amount of money, but you brought a very important point that the value of the viewer and the value of the teams in Europe and in other regions generates more value and more hype for someone. So now let's talk about this again. If I was your lawyer, I will say, I would love to see the TO's revenue in each one of the regions, people that are on the DPC because OG secret liquid Tundra gaming Alliance, all the European region is stuck. So any person that has that region, even though I think it's fair that all of them get the same price pool, that's South America but that is generating more value for something, for someone. And teams are not participating in that revenue. Is that correct, Johan, can, as a team owner? That's correct. Okay. I mean, can I try yeah, my, please go ahead. you can look at broadcast, look at broadcast quality. Mm -hmm. Look at the difference in how the English language coverage is operated. And it becomes very clear which regions can be profitable, right? Europe is going to have a studio land. It's going to have a lot of people bidding for it. You're going to have the best talent and a real show, right? South America has online remote casting. Uh, the English coverage of the Chinese DPC has off-site remote casting. Like, so that's Kyle. Wouldn't you say then that as both, I have created 
more value for teams like OG and Secret and all that because by itself is regulated itself. Yes, I might give the same price pool to everybody, but the value of OG is reflected on how good the casting is. Yeah, but it's about visibility. You're playing one match every week. Previously, you'd play two lands in one month. You'd have more matches in one land than you will for the entirety of the DPC. And in addition, lands get more viewership, they get higher quality viewership, you get better KPIs, and it's just better. It's better for brand. It's what esports is. It's historic. It's tradition. There's a reason that you have, like, give me one memory that you have about an iconic Dota match that wasn't at a LAN. Okay. Since when is online Dota the story of Dota? Since when is regional competition supposed to be the primary calendar soak when East versus West has always been the story that got people to tune in? Okay, so now let me answer this. Again, I'm both, okay? I don't disagree with what you're saying, but I am not erasing lands. I am putting lands after the DPCs. And the hunger that everybody will experience will make the line even more hyped. Don't you think? Like if you eat sushi every day, sushi is not a special. But if you have finally all this team coming together on these massive, amazing events throughout the year, wouldn't it be like very cathartic? If it weren't that so many teams, I mean, a lot of teams are going to watch from home. And it, you're saying basically if we create artificial scarcity, if we make everyone hungry, won't they be happier when they're given a meal? Yes. And wouldn't that mean that we have a higher chance of making more monies on media rights because we will have more bidders bidding for those media rights and the same thing for advertisement? It doesn't really work that way because when you're thinking about media and content, you're not competing with just other Dota events. You're competing with all other content. So if you're a tournament organizer, you're likely moving away into other things where there's a more opportunity to create events. You know, okay. The Dota LAN is like, isn't this major scheduled against the CSGO major, as an example? Yes, like, that is. Like, as Valve, <laughs> I find it very hard to defend this one. <laughs> you know, that I have my two competing products. Especially with a lot of Dota people was the CSGO and a lot of CSGO fans was Dota. I wonder if they sell the there. combo tickets. Yeah. I would like a combo ticket. I can go to either venue. Dude, I can... Okay, sorry, I was gonna say I can. I wanna. I wanna start doing the Wii, the Johan Wii. You know, well, we can't even go to both of them at the same time. But I'm both, so I'm gonna stay in character. So you guys bring a very. Uh, I wanna just nail a little bit more of something that you guys said. And again, I I will tee it up for you guys to give me the answer that I do want. You're telling me that casters are making a good living. You're telling me that. Mm. Which I, by the way, I actually so oh, tier one casters only then. Mm. No, not even who is making a good living out of this system. Someone has to be. There's probably, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to like blow up my friend's spots, but basically if you're not working a region that has like, if you only have one region, you're not like, I mean, depends on what you would define as a living, but I would not consider it a job I would want to do if I only had one region. And it also gives a ton of power to the organizations that have the rights because there are no other events. So there's only one game in town and uh, it puts you in a really weird position where, you know, it's, it's suddenly like, oh, wow, if I don't accept this offer, no matter how good it is, well, I'm not working for six weeks, eight okay. weeks. Like, so, Cal, let me put it this way. So, Cap, 
I'm going to tell you what I was intending as, as Valve and let me know if I achieve it. I wanted to create an, a stable system for everybody, for casters, for TOs and players, where you make a good living, players make a good living. We all have a little bit more settled calendar and that way we can all grow together. Am I achieving that? Um, I think maybe you're achieving that at um, a minimum level. I think we've already discussed the fact that the prize pool for the DPC for certain regions, um, it doesn't come out to very much money considering the length of time that the players have to play. For talent, it is better um, because of the fact that it is a lot of consistent work at one point in time. But I guess the biggest problem that I would have from a casting perspective is that when I originally saw the studio setup, I thought there was supposed to be competition between the regions. Um, basically that every tournament organizer would be bidding for the best talent and the, putting together the best production for the best show to try and get the most viewers. Um, but the reality is, is because the calendar is separated so much um, that tournament organizers uh, don't actually really compete head to head, right? Because there's very little overlap between when the games are happening and there is also just a, a lack of the prime games that are going to be happening, right? The, my prime game for if I'm Western Europe is going to be, uh, you know, Nigma draws a lot of fans versus like Secret. And I only get that once. I only get that once out of the entire six weeks. That is going to draw the most amount of viewers, and it's the 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 match that I can sell the most out of. Um, and I'm only going to get that once in exchange for six weeks of uh, production costs of of you know hiring uh, talent and housing them for six weeks, the flights that are involved, um, everything that involves with basically keeping the lights on. But I only be able to get um, the 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 big match once and i think that is probably a bit problematic um there's also the topic of competition between tournament organizers right now but that's i think a little separate okay okay i get it so let me figure out if we can move forward to a, a few things also that we have connected before i was very distraught and worried when i saw on twitter i, I have to i feel that i have to constantly remind this during the podcast i am taking the voice of valve that what I think from my experience with them and from other TOs and other developers that we're working, this is what they're thinking. It's a hypothetical, okay? So for me, it was I was very distraught when I saw comments on online where the major was canceled about people regretting spending their, their youth playing this game as professionals because they could not really make a living out of it. And Obviously, I don't want that. I'm both. I love my players. I love my community and I love everything. So there was a moment I was like, fuck, what did we do wrong? You know, and maybe I need the, 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 the players like you guys to tell me about this. Is it really that hard to make a living out of this game? Like if you're playing a tier one, I, because I want all the, imagine all the division one players, all of them should be making good living. This is a, a good job. You know, are we not achieving that? I mean, I would love, I mean, I love the idea. It, it, I think we should be aspiring for more than trying to make sure people are paid like minimum wage to play Dota with and like just dedicate their lives to something. Really what you're playing for is not the money. It's the lottery ticket. It's the potential to possibly get to TI. DPC points are why people play. If there were no DPC points in the DPC, I don't think half the teams are even going to play. 
because it's it's a bad format for limited. Like, let's say you finish middle of the pack, 25K for six weeks, split five ways. Your manager is probably getting a cut. Your, your organizer is probably getting a cut. But let's say everyone gets five grand, five grand for six weeks, and then there's the break. So five grand for, for two months. That is, I believe, less than minimum wage in California, assuming people are working 40 hours a week. And they're working more than that because they live and breathe Dota 2. You can argue like, oh, well, they have salaries, et cetera, et cetera. Well, those salaries, like <laughs> the big secret, you know, esports doesn't really make money, guys. So you're subsidizing your Dota team in the hope that maybe they make it to TI. And if they don't make it to TI, I don't think that there's a possible way you could have a pro Like you do not have a profitable Dota team fact if your dota team does not play a ti and even if they do you probably still don't have a profitable dota team i don't think it's any coincidence that the best teams in dota are player-run organizations like there there are teams dota is a sick game a lot of people watch dota okay i'm in la now there's a lot of people here that kind of casually follow dota that work for teams you know phase hundred thieves g2 they'd love to have a dota team if it made any financial sense whatsoever but it doesn't you're just throwing money and gambling with your players and hoping just maybe hoping they go win ti i yeah. will add that so, the, he listed ahead, north american mm -hmm. he 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 just listed north american orgs and there's only three orgs currently sponsoring uh dota 2 teams in the nadpc tsm eg and wildcard uh everybody else is unsponsored so you have to imagine that North American orgs are more likely to be looking for teams within their own region to be hosting. And NA is lacking the, the most amount of sponsors. So uh, I okay. think that just adds to Kyle's point. So let me add, ask you something because I'm, I'm for the first time thinking about the economics. So it's really good that we're talking about it. So if you are good enough to be on division one team, which is by the way, very hard, it's very hard, right? It's very hard. You have to put thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of hours to be a division one player. So if you make your dream and you're finally a division one player and you finish top one in your DPC league, which means all the qualification, all the work to get there, you're making $3,000 for every two months, which is imagine $3,000 a month. That is my ceiling correct and that is not first very uh appetizing it's not very tempting like oh i should devote my life to be the best dota player in the world so i can make three thousand dollars a month that is not exciting and the way that we solved it was like well but you have organizations covering your salary so it's three thousand plus your organization but somehow we haven't created a system that is appetizing enough for them to get in is that the problem, guys? Johan, is that how you see it? Not just that you've gotten them out. Yeah, I mean, partially, I would say it's partially true. It's very hard to monetize on Dota. It took us, it took us a long time, and I, I would say, like with big risks, Dota has been always the historically has been one of the riskiest, if not the riskiest, esport to kind of get into. Um, but you can see with what Kyle mentioned as well is that in some regions you have following, you have fan base. Um, and you actually have you actually have an ability to monetize enough so that it, it, it starts making some business sense. Um, but yeah, I would say for the most part, it's it's not the case. For the most part, it's too much of a risk. For the most part, people get burned, and 
the economics in Dora are, are pretty skewed and pretty messed up when it comes to certain things. <laughs> Obviously, TI takes a big part of that attention. But now we also have this system where even for the competitor, it is it was it was more enticing when Corona happened and we had some online tournaments to actually play some of these games. Uh, for sure in Europe. Um, I think the only ones that really benefited or that got something more out of the system were those regions where they don't really get to see any action. But where there was action, where there was like a foundation where things have been built up, this new system just came in and, and, and trampled on it and made it much worse and much less enticing. Also, I'm talking financially, I'm talking from an organizational point of view, like transparency, viewership, KPI, like... Um, things like ways to monetize when you yeah. yeah and to clarify it did that was good it is good that south america and southeast asia specifically were given more support same even yeah. with na to an extent yeah um but i think we've accomplished the goal right sea is fucking hype those teams are stacked almost everyone's got a sponsor and that is a very competitive region south america still has a little bit of work to do but i personally think that what would benefit SA the most would be more international competition. It's the brain drain, you know? It's it, Dota is a mental game. You need experience and exposure to people at that higher level, right? Mm -hmm. You know, why can, like, I've played against Johan and Kuro and Puppy, and like, it's a different experience. I think you were even saying it at that last land, like, you're playing Puppy on land. This is something he's done this literally thousands of times you're in your fifth game on stage. Like you're going to need time to get up there. You know, you're, you're going up against Brady and you're a rookie and I want to give them more exposure. But if you even look at the with DPC, it's only two teams per season that are going to get any international experience out of South America. And to clarify, as we've stated, what matters in Dota majors and TI, those are lands. Those are a different format from how we handle the DPC. So we're really not preparing them for comp competition on an international stage. We're just, slightly subsidizing the prize pool and i believe we can do that while also creating an environment where you have more more exposure to real dota the way it's going to be played when it counts okay so now my answer is i hear you and we have proved in valve that we have done those things in the past the problem is that during corona we have not been able to execute to that and we have not been able to get players from all the places that we want to get it so we don't want to do an international land with just some of the regions. One second, Kyle. So you have you can't deny the complexity of some of these problems. We plan a, a, an event in Stockholm and we have to push it. We've planned something else. So it's not that we haven't tried. Yes, Kyle. But there's another game, Counter-Strike, that doesn't seem to run into these problems. And it's very glad that you mentioned this. I will tell you why. Because 95% of the teams in Counter-Strike are in the same region in the world. There is no Chinese teams. There is no Southeast Asian teams. There is no this. There, everybody's playing on the same thing. And by the way, they have encountered these problems before. That's why Blast, for example, or EPL, or even the RMR had to do it with the regional because they couldn't get people together. So North America Blast became just North America and they could never come here. It's just the globality of Dota takes us to different places around the world mm. where we have not been able to get people here. We haven't. I'm not saying that maybe we could have done a better job. Maybe we're just unlucky with some of the dates, but Dota has been a land world circuit. But right now, even now, we forget sometimes that we're not out of 
out of the, the valley right now from COVID. China is completely locked down again. So hmm. I think that we live in an imperfect system. And I do feel that this system that we have right now, it has room to improve. You guys have pointed out very smart things for me that I think that they are very good points, very solid points. But I do think that we have to figure out how to work within the real world that we live in. We need something that happens online, something right now. Let's figure out what is the best version of life. And if we have X amount of weeks, maybe we should tackle it differently, you know? Maybe we should do like two different entries into DPCs, you know? Not only one every six weeks. Maybe we do like in, I don't know if you link of, if you follow League of Legends in North America, the, LCK, the LCS, mm -hmm. they changed the format to be more games. So now that there is this part group and then this part group, and before it used to be only this, only the, the last group what, what takes you to world, you know? The first split takes you to MSI and the second split takes you to world. So then it's like, where am I playing for half of the season if I'm not taking the point? Okay, well now all the games are counting for worlds, but it means that now it's like us, like Dota. It's very growling throughout the whole thing. So maybe we have to create different entries into DPC, but I don't think that we're that far away, guys. I know it really feels really bad, but I don't think that we're that, that far away. And don't you think that this has helped immensely, the tier two scene? What, because, because second place gets, uh, or... <laughs> they have exposure, they're playing on, on the stream. Exposure? They're playing on a stream. They're playing right after OG Secret. You get the tier two esteem, you know, that you're dragging the viewership, then, you're telling the story. Why aren't they sponsored? If exposure is so valuable, why aren't they sponsored? Like, I think that a lot of teams are running maybe bad businesses and they, it's not my job to build a business for them. You know, I am creating the best game that I can with the best exposure for the teams and for the players. I, th I think we made something very good and we have a great product at TI and we have great casters and great we have great some. players and we have a great, great for game. for some, worse for others. We used to have something that was better and it was taken away yeah. by the length, by yeah. increasing the length, increasing the duration and also like making the, making the games, I would say less overall throughout the year made it, made it worse. Like you want intensity and you want more games. There are so few games happening of good Dota 2 ever since Corona. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Every one thing, is your life better for you guys? Because one of the things that we wanted to achieve with this six week thing is we wanted to get people to stay home, have pets, have significant others, have meaningful relationships with the outside. Because I remember three years ago in every ownership meeting, everybody was complaining. I don't have a life. I'm trying, I'm traveling 300 days a year. Don't you think that we have addressed that? It's worse than ever. Now everybody gets it. Back in the day, you could play your way to your freedom, to your liberty. Now nobody gets it. Before, Can you explain that a little bit better, Johan? So, what do you mean playing your way through your liberty? So when you were starting a season, TI had just ended. Last year's CI winner was already in a pretty good spot to get get in there again. There, you know, you stay together as a team and you you don't flunk out incredibly. And that, I'm talking back when Valve used to hand out invites. You would only go under the assumption that since you were last year's winner, Maybe a direct invite is not granted, but close to it. I think that was great. You'd want to see the previous champion there. And if they stick together, I think they earned that spot at TI. But a spot at TI still doesn't mean the world. It, it, it's just it's just your opportunity. It's another opportunity that you get. But here, the season starts. You have one team that is very likely to go. Even second place maybe have some residual points. 
But for everyone else, it's a free-for-all and it's you want to get a tournament win right away. You want to get a top three placement or two right away in the beginning of the year because then it allows you to kind of pick and choose. And if you decide to grind like crazy and travel 300 days a year, even though you had that success, that's on your own choice and that's on your choice to then... That's how, your way to get better for TI. But if you want to be smart about it, if you want to plan around things, I'm not saying to get lazy and to just go do things that aren't Dota because I think that's also going to come back to bite you but you you at least have an opportunity to balance out things and balance out how you want to do the rest of the season and if you're a team that didn't get that well you're going to have to still keep grinding but still with that system it was way easier better more hype more enjoyable to play Dota to actually get to a higher level it's also preparing you for TI but now it's full misery all around for everyone. And I'm talking mental health deterioration. I'm talking unhappiness. I'm talking away from home. Making more sacrifices than you'd ever have to make. Because before you had an on and off relationship. Now it's you have no choice. You have to stay on. Yeah. And it's, I think, just another example of like iteration, right? The prize pools for the season, DPC season from... Uh, 2018-19 season and the 2019-2020 season was 6.5 million right prize pool for the dpc leagues is 280 including div 1 div 2 it's 1.6 million per season plus the three majors at 500k what do we get 6.54 million dollars so it's effectively just the same concept but a redistribution of those funds the best season and i think the one that we all like best what i remember was the glory days was 2017-2018 we had 11 majors, we had 11 minors, we had over $13 million throughout the seasonal prize pool. And this is a drum I've been beating for a long time. The amount of money in the season is decreasing, okay, year over year. And I also consider the amount of time needing to be spent as, like we're increasing time spent, but lowering the money involved while TI prize pool keeps going up. And I just think that this is super, it's so unhealthy. And maybe it makes for like a cool storyline for all of two weeks, but we're, I've never, I, I've been a Dota player. I've been in this community for a long time. I have never felt so much misery. And at this last TI, this wasn't fucking TI. This was the Hunger Games, okay? Even the winners, like you look at Yutoro's face. The guy is shell-shocked. Yeah, there's joy. Yeah, they're happy. But it's more like, holy shit, I survived. And that's also why there's this sense of camaraderie, I think, now that's been developing behind the scenes with all these players because they've been around for a long time. Puppy and Crow and Nozo, they've been competing against each other for a decade. And they're all just, they're, they're older now. They got, they got like families and shit. They got hometowns. They've got communities. And they're forced to spend more than half of the year boot camping with a bunch of teenagers if they want to have a chance to succeed. It's okay. like... So we're mixing again a few things. So, so first is, come on, TI, we tried. You know we try to make the best TI possible. You can't blame us for, you know, a week before, three days before the Romanian government just closing down. We were supposed to be a, a good thing. And we could have chosen not to do TI again, but we tried to do TI because we understood how important it was. And I think in, in all due respect, I think that even with a TI that it was not what we wanted, it was good. It was good having TI, you know that. The year before we yeah. didn't have TI and it was really, really bad. We nearly killed half of the teams. So we needed to have TI no matter what. Then I, I agree with one of the things that you're saying, and I want to emphasize it a little bit more for the three of you. Uh, Cap, how old are you, if I may ask? I am 32, 31. And you, and you Kyle? 
29, almost 30. And you, Johan? 28. 28. Okay, so we are right now in a, you guys are in a different stage in your life than you were five years ago when all this started. And you guys are in a different stage in your life where some of the 16-year-old, 17-year-old, all that. Do you find it harder to stay committing into this space as your life changes and your needs change? Yeah, dude. Bro, I can't fly like that anymore. I was a lunatic. I did like 25 land events in one year. I was flying like budget airlines in Europe and Asia. Like those, I, I think I would, I would be so, I did some crazy shit. I remember one land, we, we finished a, a dream hack or an ESL and like this next day flew to dream hack and then took the shuttle straight to the studio to go work. I don't, I can't do that anymore. I can't fly 17 hours. Like, oh my God. I'm old. My joints hurt. I got tennis elbows sometimes. I'm I'm falling apart. So I don't play. How about you, Cup? Um, it's definitely harder to commit to this life um, over time. And I think for casters, um, the if you get into one of the DPCs, um, the stability is is nice. Um, it's definitely a benefit, but. I think um, at the same time, the question of whether or not, and th this is not necessarily uh, your Valve's re responsibility, but the question of whether or not, like, you, I should keep doing this because at the end of the day, like, what is the payout? Um, you know, when it comes to like other avenues, sports commentary and such, um, that is a career that is lifelong. But for esports, unfortunately, that is. Um, you don't do well enough in esports commentary for people to stay committed. Most people end up transitioning into coaching, general management. They go onto the teamwork side or the tournament organizer side and work in production or somewhere up the ladder. Um, but you know, I, I don't know if that has anything to do with Valve. Um, but no, but as Valve, let me put what question. I want. I want to have the best product at TI. In order to have the best product, I need the best casters, I need the best players, I need the best coaches, I need the best CEOs, I need the best managers, I need the best brands, you know? So if I, as Valve, do not reward the people staying, then I would lose quality. So now there's this dichotomy where I can think, well, if it's not cap, we will find the next cap. I know, but cap was built through years and years and years. How long have you been doing this? Uh, over 10 years now. Yep. Our first cast together was in 2008 or nine. So, so if, how much better are you right now that you were five years ago? Uh, I like to think I'm, I'm much better for sure. Um, and I think commentary is definitely something that you can constantly be growing and, and learning more both about the game and the technique. So if I somehow don't incentivize or keep the best talent, we're going to have hard times nurturing the new talents that are coming in because they have to learn from you. And we're going to have an immediate decrease of the quality of the product, correct? And we don't yeah. want that. I want the I, best product. And I think um, the best way for that um, to, for Valve, like Valve doesn't need to subsidize me exactly, but I think um, an increased competition between the production of the current tournament organizers and those streams. Um, because of what we were already talking about, about the previous, like you only get one of the prime series uh, in six weeks, combined with the fact that 
Um, other regions, like if you look at the hiring of some of the other DPC regions, Western Europe and NA, because it's ESL and Dream League, they hire the most amount of talent. But um, some of the, the other regions, they hire a lot less talent. And there was even the fact that there was the first major, right? There was the implication that tournament organizers may not be, they weren't necessarily interested in the first major. Well, that's not really their problem. Um, that's kind of uh, Valve's problem, right? In, in the case that like, if you don't have tournament organizers who are interested in doing your first major, it means you're not giving them uh, a financial incentive to do so. And I think the same thing applies to your DPC coverages um, when it comes to these remote coverages and such. Um, you know, if you want to be able to have them put on a better product, you have to be able to, to financially incentivize them to, to do so. Okay, that's a very good point. Uh, Johan, do you think that we're doing a good job retaining talent and the best players? Or you think that this system and what happens, for example, it was an eye-opening moment for me when you guys all retired or all stopped playing or took a break. Because obviously, as Valve, I want the best players and the best faces and the best teams and the best stories. Do you think that we will maybe continue to lose people? Uh, most definitely. I think most definitely. Mm. I think other people who have played for as long as I have with seeing that the system doesn't get any better, continues to get worse or, or stagnate at the same core level. Um, it's very demotivating. It's very hard to want to keep going. The grind increases and the goal kind of gets put. There's more distance between you and like the goal, which is, I'm not talking about the goal of winning TI. I'm talking about the goal of playing TI because you want to get there, but you also, you don't want to have to go through a, an insane tedious process every year to do it. When you feel like there was a better system that was more hype and equally fair. I don't think this is more fair. I think, yes, it does give worse teams a better chance to, to get there. I think it does, but in, not in a fair way. Um, and that's, that's the points we mentioned with like how Dota yeah. works and with pubs and whatnot. So yeah, and in terms of talent, I've heard stories as well that people don't want to go to go to events because of the extent of the DPC and, and how long it takes. And when you're doing an offline um, studio and you're actually casting on site or casting somewhere on site, then you st it's such a massive sacrifice to make. I there, there there can be a better way overall a better way you could have two tournaments in this in the span of dpc two land events you could have two full land events with whatever group stage with whatever you want to have going on you could make that fit in in eight weeks if you wanted to or seven throw a break in there yeah as well. you could even throw a break in there there's plenty of time and the teams would love it i think the castles would enjoy more uh, and talent would enjoy more and production would enjoy i mean obviously and tos would love it I mean, it's opportunity, but all these all these opportunities have gone away. And the only thing that I see good come out of it is certain tier two scenes in certain regions. I think tier two scene in Europe is way, way worse off than before DPC came in. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Instead of having like bi-monthly competitions to maybe break in and get experience against the top teams, now you're just one of the lucky two that gets to go up and, you know, it's... Yeah, and I'll just say, uh, talking to players, like, if, if nothing changes next year, we're going to lose a lot of names. We're going to lose a lot of people, like people that we're going to miss in Dota. And you can be, you know, I was, I hated last TI qualifiers watching Liquid and 
like yeah. OG Nigma. Wow, the TI finals in the yeah. finals of the European qualifier. That's so cool. No, it's not fucking cool, guys. I think Kuroki, like Nigma was one of the best 18 teams in the world, and they didn't go to TI. I and think so that's dumb. And Tundra, and, and, Tundra too. And, yeah, and I Liquid. forgot Tundra. Oh my god, so we're losing. We're losing yeah. teams that grind. And like, I'm not saying, like, it's like, oh well, if they wanted to, they should have won. Like, that's just such a toxic way of looking at it. The same way, oh well, if we lost Puppy or Ice or or No Tail, you know, it's fine. We have new players coming in. That's such a bad thought. You know, Tom Brady just came out of retirement. You got these guys that are literally sacrificing their bodies and their brains who love the game so much they're going to keep playing it. And we have created a system that is driving these people who have built their lives and careers around their love of this game. And it's too much for them. They're not having fun. They're too stressed out. There's way too much time commit for what is effectively playing the lottery, hoping you get to TI, hoping you go top three at TI. And it just like, like so come on, man. Okay, so let's wrap it up. So I uh, I would say it's been a long podcast. You guys don't know that, but we had a lot of technical issues. I think that we have resolved or comment a few things, but I think we should come back another day and continue talking more about this because I feel that we just start scratching the surface of some of the issues. Yeah. We haven't uh, gotten to the solution yet, which correct. we should provide. Cap, we haven't any... talked about the good things. I think there are yes. some good things about Last this, thoughts for you uh, before we wrap it up. Um, yeah, I think that um, I think it's understandable that um, Valve created the system that they did. I initially was really excited about it. I think the biggest disappointment was the fact that we just didn't get an improvement um, from last year to this year because I think there there was a lot of improvements uh, offered by the community, um, and unfortunately, we didn't really take any of those. Um, and and there are some things like I think the the team supporter packs and the the fan packs or the the talent actually got like a, an upgrade in signatures and, and stuff. Um, I think those were great ideas, and they may not have been as especially with the DPC seasons. They may not have been in financially in, as impactful as I think some team organizations wanted them to be. They were still good ideas, and I think good ideas that can be improved upon and iterated on. Um, and that's, I think, the biggest thing that we just want to see, right, is just that that improvement, that continued improvement, because we created something new. And there's obviously anytime you create something new, there's going to be a lot of flaws with it um, that can be improved upon dramatically. Thank you so much. Kyle, uh, last thoughts for you? Mm, no, I mean, Kat makes a good point. I just think that we should keep trying to make things better. Um, and I think sometimes it feels like, well, isn't this, I'm never satisfied with good enough. And, you know, it's probably one of my bigger flaws, even as a Dota captain, or maybe even a human being is that I don't want to be satisfied with, oh, well, this is okay. Like all this works. Like, no, we can make it better. Why don't we make it better? Um, like, I love the fan pack idea, but I, why did we, you know, teams get like the, when they are launched, teams have one week to submit. Uh, they're priced the same no matter the region, even though, again, Twitch subs from Netflix to blah, blah, blah. Everything is different prices based on region and there's no permanence to it. So you're not buying anything from my team. You're renting it. And, and I think that that should change. I think teams maybe should have a little bit of influence on how things are operating, but this is a whole other conversation. What has to really change is the mentality because we haven't earned anything. It's what are we given? And I feel strongly that my friends of talent and my friends who are players have earned their place here and they should not feel as if they're Oliver Twist 
asking for more. We don't necessarily want more. I'd be satisfied if you just removed the TPC, if you make it shorter, like just give us the ability to do our own shit. Like you can't, you can't control the half the season, half the year and just not care enough to make edits. Cause there's a lot of people around who would. Perfect. Thank you so much for your comment. Uh, Johan, for you, last thoughts. Yeah. I mean, thanks for, thanks for having a nice chat with us, Vav. Um, no, I would like to say that every year when you go to TI, you have a representative from Valve talk to all the teams at once. And we're all, it always gets brought up that we are partners in this endeavor, that we're, we're, we're both winning here. We're both building together. And on some level, you feel a type of equality. Of course, we're, it's they're the publisher and it's their game. Uh, but I do feel a lot of what Kyle is saying is I don't want to, I don't want to have this constant feeling of mercy. And if I do, then I also don't want to be called a partner. I don't want to be uh, portrayed as a partner. If it is truly going to be a partnership, uh, I, I want to, you know, solidify that definition of that word and, and feel more valued. Um, I don't want Dota to start having a downfall. I don't want TI to not have an increase in price pool. I want it to increase every year. I don't see that happening. Like, let's say Kuro and Puppy, they, they say enough is enough. Like one more DPC season, I, I can't do it, you know? And you lose those two guys. I don't see how Dora is going to thrive more from that. I think it's going to be a big hit. And I, I think it's, it's, I think it's a shame. If I, if best way I could put it, I think it's just a shame that it, through lack of communication, through lack of um, willingness to, to kind of, stick to words and, and go through with things. We we're left with a lot of these feelings. And I, I guess, you know, Valve, same thing that it could be better. We're not nice to each other or as nice as could be. And we don't fulfill the things that we're supposed to fulfill. Um, but all I can say is, yeah, we're here. I know that most of the teams, if not all the teams that I talked to in division one, they're all ready to make a good product. We're all ready to play good Dota, make good shit happen. Um, we just want to get that level of, yeah, partnership, transparency, and and um, yeah, I mean, there are people here ready to work, ready to create, ready to do shit. Uh, my first opportunity also working with talent at uh, or directly with talent in Dubai, and it was it was mind blowing. It was it's so cool what this game is built on. It's built on community and just years of experience and years of wanting something for no money, you know, and no nothing. Mm. And yeah, I think it would be nice to. Uh, Make sure that we can all keep doing this as good as possible, you know, not have financial strains, not have financial worries. I'm not saying that for my own sake. I'm I'm saying it for the longevity and the health of the whole scene and all the teams, including tier two. Um but I'm also, yeah, I'm I'm starting again with where I'm at and with where the team is at and other teams, tier one, division one, Europe. It it's been way worse ever since uh COVID and then with the DPC getting forced in afterwards or implemented. Sorry. Okay. No, no. I was like going to just wrap it up and say, you know, I'm still happy about Dora. I'm still happy about everything. I'm still happy to be here. I do feel blessed. I do feel yeah. Valve has given many lives a great opportunity. And I do want to thank and say, it's, I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, of course, I appreciate it. But like Kyle said in a good way, I, I do also feel like I've earned something in this game. You know, the game is not just a game. I'm also 
I want to say that I've become part of it and I've dedicated my fucking life to it. So hopefully, not saying a big part, just a small one. And I, you know, it would be nice to hear. Mm. It would be nice to get that real feeling also. Yeah. Not just the name and the Aegis, but a little something more, you know? Mm. And to clarify, I have a ton of gra- I was just going to say, this is my home, man. I, I didn't really ever feel at home uh, until eSport, until Han, until Dota. You know, like, Johan, I think the first time we hung out was 2010 at the cabin at DreamHack fucking freezing cold 12 right. 12 years ago giggling over playing armadon www i don't feel at home outside of land events like that is my home dota is my home and i want to spend more time there i can't quit this game it's not possible for me it's part of my life and i it hurts me when i when i see people that have been a part of my community part of my life like that live with me in this space that are not happy, that are not healthy. And I want to provide an environment where everyone can thrive and people can enjoy their lives playing the game that they love. And I want this to occur until I'm very old because I love this game and I can't make new friends at this point. It's too late, guys. It's too late for me. I'm stuck here. Amazing. Well, guys, thank you so much for your time and your incredible insight. I hope that the audience and the people that watch this enjoy this. I am <laughs> obligated to say, please like, subscribe, or leave comments in the bottom if you want new questions to be asked to these wonderful people, and we will do our best to bring them back. Uh, Caps, thank you so much. Uh, it meant a lot for me that you were here. Kyle, thank you so much. And Johan, thank you so much. And wrap it up. See you guys next week. Thank you.